Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the lovely Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com, for all your accountancy needs. Hi, how are you? I am good. I'm very excited because this week is the amazing Mr. Z Bias. For any of you who know a bit of garage, He's the master behind one of the biggest garage tunes ever. Actually, Neighbourhood. I feel good, good, good. That one. I ran into Zed. I've not seen him for years, but um, we were at 51st State Festival in the summer, which is amazing if you love a bit of garage. And I said to him, you've got to come on the podcast. There's so many people that I keep thinking, I've got to get them on the podcast, and then I don't get around to asking them, but... Zed is Dave. Mate Dave, he's such a lovely, lovely guy and he's turned his life around over the past few years, which he speaks about in the podcast. We talk about obviously music, mental health and fitness because Dave was on the larger side. He wasn't happy. He wasn't treating himself properly and he started exercising and it's it's been so inspiring watching his journey online because he's smashing it and the change in his mental health has been amazing as well which he speaks about anyway but yes so here is Zed Bias. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. It's honestly, it's not Rob's. He is headphones. a producer. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was blue, Bluetooth What's... problems, mate. Bluetooth problems. What yeah. is Rob's title? Um, so Robert McGrath of um, what house is it? You in Swan Road? <laughs> what, where? <laughs> what at home? The Tar- Targaryens or Gryffindor? Yeah, Gryffindor. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so, so Rob, of, where, where are you from again? Where am I from? Uh, West Drayton. West London. He's from West Drayton, yeah. <laughs> where yeah. are you from originally? Um, originally, originally, um, New Addington and then uh, Croydon, Purley. It's a oh, bit, okay. the very, very south, 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 south. Yeah. Croydon, Croy- and, you know, around Croydon. But then we got out when I was very young. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I was probably three when we left. And where uh, did you go when you were three? Um, my dad and my mum and me and my sister, we moved to St. Neots, which is in Cambridgeshire, which oh, is okay. about it's about 11 miles from where they have We Out Here Festival, very close oh, to like okay. Huntingdon and Cambridge, yeah, that, that yeah. sort of way. Yeah. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, because my dad's a brickie. Yeah. And... Uh, he basically can work anywhere in it, so yeah, money's quite good for. Well, I suppose there was a lot of work at the time uh, outside of London, so he decided yeah. to move us out. Um, but I heard later on that it was because I also because I started swearing. Uh, uh, you know, I was going to like a, a preschool and I was coming out with all kinds of profanities. So <laughs> my mum wanted to move us. <laughs> Um, so we got we got a house yeah we got we got a house exchange you know a council exchange exchange yeah, the flat yeah, yeah. in um, oh, New Addington yeah yeah oh, when wow. you could do that yeah yeah council houses and is that where you grew up then did you stay there for yeah. a long time um, yeah well until I was about ten my mum yeah. died when I was ten oh. uh, yeah yeah unfortunately she passed away. Uh, so yeah, we we kind of moved quite quite regularly between then and like fifteen, and then uh, that's when I sort of started my GCSEs in a place called Brackley in Oxfordshire. Okay, yeah. Um, and that's yeah, that's sort of where my main memories sort of start really, where yeah. all, the, all the mischief started. Getting into girls and you know smoke started to smoke in behind behind the swimming um, the old swimming pool in, in in the school. I remember it very well. Me and a Why guy called. Why haven't you given up? Oh, go on. I was just going to say, me and a, a guy called Matt Titchener, uh, we used to go smoke roll ups behind the swimming uh, swimming block at our school. Oh, 
uh, trying so to grow. Smoking for a long time. Oh, very long time. Yeah, yeah. Way too long. I mean, thirty-six years I've been smoking. Why haven't you given up yet? Uh, have you tried to give up, or do you not care? No, I've yeah, I've tried. I've tried, and there's been times I smoke less, but uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> are you still running? I hurt my ankles, Amy. Like literally, <sighs> I've sprained both of my ankles. The first time uh, in Bangkok a few weeks ago, I sprained my right. Um, I kind of, you know, rolled it, you know, when it goes inwards. Um, yeah. And that that was a bad one. That that came up like an elephant's trunk, you know. The, and, uh, yeah, it was awful. So that's kind of healing a little bit. And then the other day I stepped off a curb um, and I still had my readers on. And, you know, like the perception of like distance and depth and like all of yeah, that. Yeah. So I kind of thought I was stepping onto firm ground and I was stepping onto fresh air and I kind of oh, done the other shit. one. Yeah. Um, but it's all right, you know, hobbling around. Um, I'm still getting still getting to the gym. My mate Rob took me up to the gym yesterday, didn't you, mate? We did. We went for a little put, swim. Put in a session. Oh, nice. Oh, we we put in a session as well. It's not just all about the, the swim in the sauna, which was all right, to be fair. Um, yeah, but it's nice to um, get taken up exercise sort of at that, you know, in your 40s. It's quite a revelation. Yeah. Do, do you find? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm gutted that I didn't start earlier. Same. Because I just think my life would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah. Just, my, mentally, my head would have been in such a better space had I actually started doing more. You know Lawrence Bagman, don't you? Funny, we was Ish. just talking, just talking about him. Um, I was talking to some guys uh, that I'm working with that he manages uh, the oh, versus yes. versus yeah, guys. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's it's kind of a very full circle. Me, me and Bags are well due a catch up. He's one of the first people that got on the phone to me, um, probably around '99, uh, to see yeah. if I would DJ uh, one of his events. And at the yeah. time, I, d I didn't DJ, so I think I'd, oh, really? I, yeah, I, I, I might have done it or I might have turned him down the first time, but I, I think yeah. I eventually did play for him. Um, I can't remember where exactly. It's a long time ago, but um, he was. I can remember a conversation where he's kind of like edging me into the, the mental space of. Actually, Zed, you could be a DJ. You know, your name would look yeah. all right on a flyer, mate. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I did a remix for his label as well back in the day. So, yes, Bags, I know him. I, yeah. I, I feel like I know him, even though we're not spoken in donkey's years. Well, he's, he said to me a long time ago that I should start exercising. <laughs> really? Nice? To, yeah. But not in, more in a, for my mental health way. I don't know what. I don't know what would have happened. I think it was when, because I used to do the door for him at the drum and bass breaking science. Yeah. Nights. Yeah. Many years ago. Oh, actually, sorry. Come here. Do you know? I've got my youngest daughter's off school today, and she always has to come and say hello. She's oh, not nice. well. Yes, I think that I was down, and he said you should start exercising. And I was a bit like, but it's hard when you're not feeling that great. It's hard to then start exercising. 
do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it takes a lot out. You have to be in the right headspace to do it. But yeah. Then, do you know what I, I mean? mean? It's a catch twenty two, isn't it? I think the the same thing that can put you off, or the same thing that puts you off exercise, can be the catalyst that gives you no choice in the end. You know, yeah, but yeah. The, the state the state that you get yourself into mentally. Um, yeah. I left my place like myself with no other place to go. I had to improve my health. I was a walking yeah. time bomb, ticking time bomb. Twenty odd stones. Were you told I, that you had to? I was too embarrassed to go and see doctors. I was getting, you know, bad hip, um, bad ankles, bad knees. Um, yeah. Walking, walking a mile down to the the school to pick my boy up from school, walking back. Um, it it was, I mean, it was hard, a mile round trip, and I used to okay. find it too hard on my legs. Oh um, really? Yeah. So it was. Um, yeah, it's kind of like. Do you do you is this the end, do, or do you yeah. actually want to have a life? Yeah. That was that was where I was with it, and uh, so how yeah, did this... you start? Right, so had you I had ever um... done anything before. Nah, no, 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 not not since. Okay, so from school, maybe I had one go at being in the gym around the age of thirty when I split up from yeah. my first fiance. Who you? You may or may not have met. She worked with um, Soldier, uh, setting up oh, the original, okay. the original office at Truman Brewery. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the original um, ammunition office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, her name's Alyssa, Alyssa Pemberton, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, you probably would have met her. I, I know I the name. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when you get out of a long-term relationship, you you want to start looking your best quick don't you especially yes, like yeah. you know all of that so yeah there was a time when I dropped a few stone uh, but then quickly put it back on moved to Manchester um, yeah. and then sort of yeah things things around in 2005 I moved no 2003 actually I moved up so I've been in 19 oh years oh my god is it long yeah 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 yeah, and it was like a, a slow progression. Or no, uh, what do you call it? Not progression. As uh, when you go down, when you slide down, it was yeah, a. Yeah, yeah. I, it was a slow slide decline. decline yeah, uh, physically <laughs> and mentally, up until yeah. about two thousand and seventeen. And don't get me wrong, like I'm very functioning on it. You know, I may, I'm. You have loads of deflectors <laughs> when you have mental illness. You know red errands and you know not letting people really see how troubled you are at any time yeah. so you can like you can put people off the scent and i'm very good at that always have been and yeah. mostly by staying moody and aloof and you know yeah. and that doesn't help with you know i'm not really naturally like that you know so yeah. with with relationships that's pretty rubbish mm -hmm. so yeah you get i got myself into a, a state and thought about 2018 i thought yeah, I've got to really sort this out. Um, so yeah, I uh, I had a radio show on Unity Radio in Manchester, and my mate ZJ, uh, he's my mate now. He was the producer of the show, um, a big lump of a guy, um, Shabazz his name is, and uh, a black belt at kickboxing K one, um, and I was impressed that he could 
do all of this at his size. He was still like about 18, 19 stone when I met him. And I was yeah. about, I was about just over 20, 20 and a half stone when I met him. Um, but he was, you know, proper fit with it. And I obviously couldn't do one sit up, one push up. I was fucked, basically. Yeah. So um, I know that he, or I knew he had aspirations to become a producer um, or a better producer. He is, he's a producer. Yeah. Um, and um, I offered to give him double the amount of hours in the studio that he'd give me helping me exercise and in exchange. Yeah. So that's what we did, yeah. Um, we basically... Uh, I, I drove to Oldham and um, if it was raining, I'd be in his kind of living room, I suppose. He'd clear things yeah. out and he'd get the pads out and I'd have... have boxing gloves and he showed me, showed me how to kick the bag and punch the bag properly um, yeah. and um, that took about two and a half stone off then he was yeah. taking take when the weather was better took us up to the tennis courts um, did circuit training and yeah got me to the stage where I could walk in a gym without feeling like you know the, the fattest worst person ever yeah 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 existing you know the, it took a lot for me to get in that gym and then I got a PT. First one, Ben, he was great, um, pretty brutal. A Persian guy, like a champion, Olympian bodybuilder, um, champion karate, taekwondo. Um, like he was an absolute jewel master. That kind of worked. For, that worked for about six months, and then I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I uh, kind of got into a relationship, and then put all the weight back on over lockdown. And, oh really? Um, yeah, I put oh, it all back yeah. on. Yeah, all of it back on. So um, yeah, I had to sort it out again. So I've had a few full starts, but I think I'm I'm back on it now, Amy. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like leveled yeah. out in me in me 34 jeans where I was 44. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm pretty. I'm happy. I'm like you know. I'm not. Not ever going to be a Donis. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting into you know older gentleman territory now. Do you know what I mean? But it's at the end of the day, I feel like mentally where I'm at now, I feel like a completely different bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing the difference it does make without you realizing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Being comfortable in your own skin, like is yeah. is it? That's what it's meant for me. We probably wouldn't yes. mean that for everybody. Right, so there's a load of two before, a load of um, massive beams and um, plasterboard just arriving outside so, there. What are you getting done? Um, I'm just having a bit of a refurb in the studio. Getting in the some, studio. Uh, yeah, yeah, getting um, Where a lot of storage. No, we're on the, it's like the second floor. Like it's three, okay. three, three flights of stairs. He's got to carry all that up now. That was the look I was getting then. He's like, no, no, mate, I'll sort it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking you, you timed this, you yeah, timed this yeah. podcast right, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. So, so your that's, studio's not at home. No, no, no. It's, no. Uh, this is a place that I've had. Um, it's like a joint lease that I've got with two other friends um, who also have studios. And we yeah. share we share a recording room at the bottom, um, like a live room. Okay, nice. Yeah, permanent drum set up and you know all different mics oh, and amps geez. and stuff. It's it's quite nice, yeah. Um, and we've got so, our own control rooms and everything, you know. 
That's wicked. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll have to come up. I'm definitely going to come up. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to come up because my niece is went to Manchester Uni as well. My niece Sampy's still there, and I'm always saying I'm going to come up. So I'm going to come up definitely. So music. So first thing I want to ask you the name. Yeah. And I'll probably asked you this a million times before, but my brain doesn't remember anything anymore. Where did the name come from? Oh, I wish there was an exciting answer to this one. <laughs> if if I had a pound for every time I've told it, it felt like, yeah, cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, basically, um, I used to have a tape deck, one of the few things that I actually owned when I started making music. You know, everything was in separates, wasn't it? You know, you'd have your separate amp, amp and tape deck and all that. Yes. So my tape deck had... Um, among other things, a bias switch that I couldn't really work out what it was doing. It used to twist it and didn't used to do much. You know what I mean? But I think it was. What a... does it do? Because I know what I know that, but what actually did it do? I think it's some way of calibrating the the tape, uh, maybe the angle of the head or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's okay. Something some something that you would twist, sort of align it and make it sound better in some way. According okay. according to what you're playing, but yeah. I never worked out quite what it did. Um, but I thought, oh yeah, that I was looking for a name, and this was quite a long time ago, uh, probably 1994, when I first yeah. started making music on um on an Amiga. So that's how long ago, yeah, Commodore Amiga with half a meg RAM. Oh my god! And that includes all the sounds and everything. And so the oh operating system, the, yeah, yeah, the operating system, Optimed, used to run off a of floppy, and then all the sounds would load in off floppies. Wow! And it'll be like you know, ten kilobyte, twenty kilobyte. Yeah. So it's yeah, wow. pretty crazy when you think of it. People like my friend Steve Gurley, who I'll go into like if you want me to. That, that's an yeah. that's that's a whole other conversation. How I got into it, and my mate Steve um, was already established making like jungle techno. This was about ninety three, ninety four, and he got um, I think he got a Mac by then. But he was one of the few people producers that I know that put records out just using the audio capabilities of a Commodore Amiga computer. You know, they might link it up to a sampler and use that as well. But, you know, some of the bass lines that were running were coming off of these old... I mean, to put it into perspective, um, your your average calculator that you'd get has got more memory than, than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah, yeah. We're going back. So um, I was basically the first setup that I had this is going to sound crazy but I swear to you this is this is what I had I borrowed my mate's Amiga and I didn't have um, any like amp but I had like a, a MIDI system with um, it was like what do you call it um, phono ins on the back so it had an aux thing so you could yeah. play you could play through it but I didn't have yeah. the speakers the speak, speakers are blown on it um, I think it was a Sam Samsui or something like that. It was some cheap MIDI system. 
So um, my mate had um, some cable, some speaker wire, and um, a couple of car speakers out of his mini that he'd just replaced. So he gave me those, and they were—I like, remember—they were like bronze, um, gilded kind of um, oblong speakers. Yeah, about I don't know, about not very big at all, yeah. six inches, and um, I put them in two shoe boxes. I cut out the the holes and sellotaped them into shoe boxes, and that's literally. <laughs> What I was listening to, I was fucking, I was poor. I was a student. I'd, I'd literally just given up university. I'd dropped out of uni in Milton Keynes. What were you doing? Uh, land management. Because I, I used to work in Germany on a building site with my dad. And I right, thought, okay. and he used to bang on about um, architects and um, chartered surveyors being loaded. Yeah. Oh, look at yep. that. Look at that one's car there, you know. Quite <laughs> You know, and I and I and I used to think, oh, okay, if I have to do something, maybe it's saying I I understand. And at that, yeah. at that time, music wasn't a thing for me. Yeah, I loved it, but I never imagined that I could ever get into making it or anything. So, what what made you think that maybe you could? Um, okay, so one evening in Fuller's Slade, uh, this grotty little estate in Milton Keynes. Right, there's a working man's club there, yeah? And a couple, me and a couple of my mates, we were kind of into, like, crate digging for samples and, like, soundtracky sort of dusty old records and uh, rare groove and uh, reggae and soul and hip-hop, that sort of thing. And it was all kind yeah. of eclectic. and We all had our little niche and whatnot. I had um, a few, like, rare groove things and, like, old disco and whatnot. So we went down there. We we managed to persuade the owners to let us on the decks at this working man's club. So we went in there. And um, as we're coming out of it, a little bit inebriated, let's say we got paid in beers, there's this guy, there's this guy starting on the doorman. Just one doorman, um, tall, smart, well-dressed, in his 30s. And um, me being me, I'm like, to the guy who's causing trouble, I'm like, fuck off, jog on, mate. Go on, fuck off. Um, try to, like, get involved. Because I've, I've had a, a drink. And he's like, and the, the door is like, tapping me on the shoulder. He's like, nah, you're all right, mate. I mean, he's like a foot taller than me and probably a black belt in karate or whatever. Thai <laughs> boxing or something. So, um, but he, he, he's like, but, I like your spirit, though. Do you fancy a job on Saturday? Come and work for me um, over at the sanctuary. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got onto the sanctuary security team just through being drunk outside a club, <laughs> telling someone drunker than me to jog on. Um, so, yeah, I, I was... I mean, the sanctuary, for, for those of you who don't know, was the birthplace of most kinds of rave... Um, Oh, if it wasn't the birthplace, it was the, the the teething place. You know, it was where things actually, like, became proper. So even, like, Happy Hardcore, Jungle, um, House, all of these these big um, genres, they kind of... That was the, the where the DJs, all the best DJs used to come outside of London. It was the biggest venue outside of London. Um, it was at full capacity, about 8,000 capacity spread over two venues with a fun fair in the middle. 
So with, uh, with a fun fair in the middle. A fun fair. In yeah, the middle. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, like. You know, stalls, <laughs> sticky, sticky toffee apple, and like, you know, everything. Serious. And like, fucking uh, a big wheel, and like, you know, bump, bump, dod- dodgems, and all that. Yeah, it was, it was great. Fucking hell. So, um, Dreamscape, Helter Skelter, um, Slamming Vinyl, uh, Jungle Fever, Evolution, um, and later Sidewinder, which I was a part of. I, I, yeah, I yeah. set up Sidewinder with Lambert, but they all went there and um, it thrived and from there like you know it, it became um, very well known obviously there was parties as big in London but outside yeah. London it was like one of the big ones really it was only a yeah. few a few places that did it on that scale so yeah I was one of about 30 doormen um, at that place and every week I had carry record boxes of DJ Hype Shy FX Groove Rider Danny Ramplin um, Dougal, DJ Dougal, um, you know, like all these legends um, now yeah. that who I totally know now in real life. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but back then, yeah. I, back then I was a fat ginger MA one wearing um, <laughs> Aggie Aggie little doorman. Um, but I didn't know what a baseline was until I worked there because you know there was one one time. And I, I do tell this story quite a bit, but I'll tell it again. I'm sure Andre don't mind me telling it. Um, but ShyFX, um didn't know who he was from Adam. Just a, you know, quiet guy with record box. So I, part of my job was to carry it to the stage um, and make sure they get to the stage all right. So, yeah, yeah so I'm walking through the crowd, full, full house. I can't remember who was on, but he was just about to come on. And he's got his... Um, record bag and a dub plate bag and he pulls out a dub plate and he's like you gotta check this one out yeah and uh he looked dead chuffed for himself i'm like okay what's going on here then so he puts on this record and it was like a delayed reaction but it was like someone instantly dialed up the heat and the place went absolutely berserk and it was bambata well i don't know if it was the first time he played it or one of the first times, or I, I don't know, but definitely the first time I'd heard it. And that, yeah. I mean, that tune kind of, at the time, changed the face of drummer bass, uh, Jungle, as, as it was known back then. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt like a proper like bolt of lightning at that point. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is the bollocks. Like this, to, to, be, to, to be experienced something because I, I knew what a dub plate was. Um, friends of mine, like I've got, I lived at a record shop just before that. Friends of mine made music. So this was all, yeah. this was it. Like I didn't realise that's what it was all about. That was the end of the whole process, you know, the making the tune, the getting it on a dat tape, the taking it to London, the getting it mastered, and getting it to a DJ. And then the DJ comes to Milton Keynes and plays the thing. And, yeah. that, and that's what happens. And it, I'm like, yeah. okay. So at that point, I was taking it very seriously. And I think around 95, 96, uh, my dad arranged for me to stay out in Germany with him for a couple of years on the HOD, um, you know, looking after three brickies. And uh, I earned 
enough to bring an Akai sampler back home. And then I and then I learned the trade. And that was me in. Like no one invited me. No one invited me. I was I was the pain in the ass guy that was always coming round, um, always with weed or hash. I'd never come around empty handed, but I'd probably have a cassette <laughs> and force you to listen to my early sketches, which were absolutely shit. But I had, <laughs> but I, had I suppose I had all the enthusiasm, and that's sort of what you need in it to yeah. get get on two buses to go and go around your mates' house to to play and what you've been doing, even though you know yeah. it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did you start making? Jungle. Jungle. Jazzy Jungle, try to use the samples that I'd kind of been collecting on vinyl. Yeah, yeah. But it took a while for me to get my feet really and get my head around the sampler. And that coincided with me um, knowing a guy called Richie Long who owned the local record shop in Wolverton, which is where you came that time yes. to my house yes. and my studio. That's so about 200 metres from there in the square. I used to live above the record shop. And um, so I already knew him. He had an in with DMC, <clears throat> you know, like um, the, the, the legendary company DMC down in Slough. Yeah, yeah. And um, got us a record deal with um, a label called Stress, um, which was Chris and James um, and uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, it'll come back to me. Dave Seaman. Dave Seaman, yeah, all the like the prog yes. house guys down there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we went down there a couple of times, recorded some stuff, and got a little, you know, our first record deal. Um, he didn't know anybody else who could push the buttons, so I was the the first choice, and I learned it on job. I just about got just enough nous to pull it off, and yeah. kind of. Literally, just by the seat of my pants, between '96 and about 2003, learnt the trade on the job. Like, and all wow. at all points, I am fucking sweaty. It's like a duck under the water with the legs, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of trying to appear calm and like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing, you know. But it's like fake. Yeah. It was literally a fake it until you make it job. If when I think about yeah. it, but um, with. I pick things up pretty quick, so I knew what I have to learn. I'd, I'd ask the right questions to the people, my my peers at the time. You know, there was a, a, quite a few of them actually. Um, Spats from Criminal Minds, another um, guy I've got to give a shout out to. We've not always got on, but um, he um, helped me, like, and helped me grow exponentially at the time just through yeah. taking me seriously and lending me the odd bit of equipment and the odd bit of knowledge at the time. So I've got to give him up his dues there. Steve Gurley is another one. Um, Craig Hammond, he, I, I engineered at his studio back in the day in the mid-90s. Picked up quite a bit there. Um, the late 90s, um, I went to work with DJ Breeze and Mark Lambert um, in, North, yeah. in Northampton. I, I, I basically used to get a train there and back um, and then walk the rest of the way down to their studio to engineer Happy Hardcore and Jungle. But out of that came Sidewinder. And yeah. Side Sidewinder became what it is now through Lambert's hard work and Principal and uh, Juice Man and all these lifelong buddies that I've got. Um, 
So, you know, sometimes it's weird, isn't it? You, you go in a certain direction, you end up like drifting over here somewhere, not where you're intending to be. But then out of that, something completely fresh comes comes along. Like, and yeah. only if you had drifted over here would you have got that opportunity because yeah. you would have never have met these people otherwise. So this is, it's always been my kind of way, rather than having like strict plans, I kind of have always let, um, I suppose, I don't want to say the universe, but whatever. Why? Yeah, because like, I, I, I don't know, like, the universe is a bit vague, isn't it? But yeah, all right, for the for the purposes of this, making this point, the universe, um, yeah, kind of take me where, yeah. I, where I'm going to go and sort of, you know, I suppose it's, it's decisions, isn't it? We all get decisions every day. We can turn left or we can turn right. Yeah. We can do something or not do something. So, yeah, that yeah. Th that's, um, I've always been a kind of, less about making plans and sticking to them, but kind of thinking on my feet and I'm an opportunist, you know. Yeah. And that's that's really yeah that's really where where I am in this. But I think that really helps because sometimes you can have the best laid plans, can't you? But they don't always turn out like that. But if you can just appreciate where you are at the time and make the best of that situation, sometimes it turns out better than it would have done anyway, isn't it? But I just think it's good to have an open mind. I think as as I mean, you're probably the same, Amy, um, in that as you've got older. Or as I've got older, um, I'm less likely to go in both feet into anything anymore. You know, like I, I yeah. used to be fearless and just like would go, would jump into situations um, with without any fear. Because in my head, where I've come from and how I've come up, I've got nothing to lose anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't. I didn't really. It was all about just um, having a go. I'm a proper have a yeah. go, Charlie. You know. And if I'm yeah. good at it, good. If I'm not, I'll, I'll try again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I've got, I mean, this is where the mental health thing comes in as well. Because as that declined, I was less likely to want to get in situations that took any effort or anything like that. You know, there was a lot of, Yeah. I was kind of resting on my laurels there for a bit. Um, not necessarily making music, but just like working smart. And yeah, there's quite a lot I would do differently if I if I could over the last ten years. I feel I could have yeah. you know, done things a little bit differently. But I mean there's no point moving with regrets. Uh, that's another no, thing I've learned. So whatever's happened has brought you to where you are now and you can't there's no point thinking oh what if because yeah. you can't change it, can you? So Well this is this is it, yeah. Um there's, yeah, you know, having having like bad interactions with people on on the job over years because um, because of your own behaviour and your own peace, you know, your own state of mind. So yeah, that's something I don't miss now. Do you know what I mean? Having yeah. like yeah, 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 clean yeah. clean and clear interactions with people, and I feel like in that way, you know. It's not, it's not having regrets in, in, as such. I suppose it's just like looking how I used to be and making sure I'm not like that anymore. And that's good enough. Yeah. That's good enough for me. And do you know yeah, what? Yeah. It seems it seems to be working because the wheels are still on the vehicle and I'm still yeah. driving it after all this time. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> it bloody has, you know. Isn't I mean, it? Neighbourhood, I made it 24 years ago. Was it 24 years ago? Yeah, in my bedroom. Was that the first garage track you made? It was one of them. It, um, probably about what? about the sixth or seventh. Did you kind of fall into garage naturally or did you? Well, I was over at um, Breezy and Lambert's studio, Essential Vinyl. It was like a record shop and uh, yeah. basement studio. So... Um, I was over in Northampton every day hearing all the garage because principal used to come in. Um, at that time, I don't know if he worked there or if he was just part of the furniture, but he was there every day. Um, and after hours, you know, I was allowed to use a studio as much as I wanted. That was part of the deal. They, they didn't pay yeah. me, but I could use a studio and stay over there. So he just used to crash on the floor in the studio or go crash at Mikey's uh, principal's. Um, and Juice would be there, and you know, we were we were into jungle, right? Juice yeah. Man was one of the best jungle MCs, principal wicked jungle DJ, but also this thing coming through, like this two step sound that was coming through, was blowing our minds. Groove Chronicles, um, Noodles and, and LB, yeah, yeah, they 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 were creating magic. Them two, um. A lot of things are locked on at the time were turning my head. Yeah. Um, not so much the kind of, there was a, a real London-centric sound um, kind of at the time. And it was a lot to do with like 4-4. It was like an overhang from Speed Garage and stuff. It was like really fast 4-4 uh, Garage. And I, I weren't really into that. Not because I didn't like it. Is because that yeah. wasn't where I was coming from. I was coming from a more yeah. of a breaks thing. So yeah. um, the the turning point for me was when I got asked to do a remix of um, a thing I, I mentioned him Spats from Criminal Minds. He he was in a yeah. group called ES Dubs. So I remixed a track called Standard Hoodlum Issue. People know it like a snake. Uh, they know it's yeah. like a snake, and it became like a, a bit of a mini anthem. But out of one conversation with Steve Gurley telling me about triplet timing on Cubase and how to get a swing using a triplet grid, grid yeah, which is like, instead of there being uh, four lines, there'd be six lines where I could put something. Yeah. yeah. So this, yeah. this was a real strict art of how, how, where to put hi-hats and snares. Yeah, and uh, how to syncopate, and it this it, it was like drum one hundred and one, and I got that lesson one day off of Steve, just me looking over his shoulder, because he was working for Social Circles for Jason K, um, yeah, engineering some stuff and putting out releases, so he was already there. He had Spirit of the Sun, Spirit of the Sun was uh, Lenny yes. Fontana on pub public demand. Shouts yeah. to shouts to Jimmy, fucking like absolutely. I've got a one on here. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I mean that that whole time, public demand was was running it. Um, yeah, Steve was on that label, um, and yeah, he showed me behind the curtain. Basically, he showed me how to do it. But where I'm aiming for Steve Gurley, and I've got like a real nuts and bolts 
rag set up and he's got like a proper nice one and years of experience using it. Yeah. I'm aiming for that and I'm getting something completely different. But that's yeah. that was where the Z-Bio sound come from. It was like some somehow I managed to put it all together in a way that sounded like it was mixed down. But I didn't know what mixed down was really. I mean I was coming <laughs> I was coming out of just two outputs on my sampler. So um, everything was sort of mixed inside the sampler, which it shouldn't be possible. So I've, I've somehow somehow fluked it. I did get a really good bass, 808 bass sound off of um, Steve, um, an Akai, my first Akai sound. And it was um, from, he was gifted it from Rob Haig of Omni Trio um, on Moving Shadow recordings in early 90s like 91 yeah. 91 92 something like that so i was using hand-me-down amazing sounds off of <laughs> established producers which was allowing me to get this thing so yeah i mean yeah there wasn't any sort of cool expertise or anything it was purely just for the the will and the want of being in it and just having a go yeah, I'm f t telling you the story now. I'm fucking amazed that any of it popped off. <laughs> what was it like when it? How quickly after making it did it become a hit? Um, right. So the story with Neighbourhood was Glenn Woods, um, local DJ to Milton Keynes, uh, garage kind of pioneer in, in Milton Keynes. He owned the record shop I used to live above. So yeah. Treehouse turned into, I think it was Fat Tracks or something. Um, so it was Glenn's thing. And um, he came to me um, saying, I really need a dub plate. I play before all the guests come up to the local club, which was, I think it was called Casino at the time. It was the Winter Gardens in Milton Keynes. So a good, oh, like, yeah. 1,000 to 1,500 capacity, big old club. And it was a regular with all of, you might, Rough Cut Lloyds, Norris Windross, Jason Kay, Dream Team. All of these people would all come up one at a time and guest each. Yeah. I think it was even a weekly. It might have been a weekly or a fortnightly. It was regular. So he said, I need something that I can play before they come on that absolutely knocks their socks off. So that saying they can't play after you know, play a tune after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was totally like <laughs> that kind of clash mentality back then. It was, you know, that, yeah. it was so competitive with the DJs, especially like local to London DJs. Because locals weren't getting booked in London, so they had to get noticed. Yeah. So getting a dub plate was, that's what, that was taking care of that. So he gave me £40 and said, can you, um, you know, can you do me a dub plate basically? Because he was, I think he was going out at the time with my missus's sister, younger sister. I was like, yeah, I'll do it for you. So basically I sat there on my own and made Neighbourhood in about an hour and a half. Um, and then I got Rumpus, who was up the next day, I think, recording with Nicky Prince, who's on Neighbourhood, um, on a track called Strong Enough to Survive, which came out on Sidewinder, and he's got Rumpus' yeah. vocal on it. So I got him to do uh, a quick dub plate um, for Glenn Woods. And he used to say, um, 
I feel good, 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 etc. Um, listen to my man Glenn Woods in my neighbourhood. That was the lyric, yeah. And I've still, yeah. I've still got the version here, um, and that's that's the one that really tears as well, yeah. Because there was absolutely no finesse in the the bass, and it's just way too loud, and it tears. So he got a dub plate cut at Music House, um, cut by Wookie's brother Leon, rest in peace. Um, and yeah, brought it back up um, to Milton Keynes, and Glenn's told me like, I mean, at least a couple of times. The, the DJ that coming after him wouldn't leave the place without it, even though it's got his name on it. He had to, they had to have it because the <coughs> excuse me, the drop was so big. It was a dramatic, big like jungle drop. You know, the bass was yeah, yeah, it's full on. So he'd have to go back down to London and get another one cut. And then there, obviously there's other DJs down there that kind of caught onto it, and I think he might have cut a few for them. So then the pirate DJs are getting onto it. Yeah, and it kind of just picked up um, a life of its own until Locked On boss Andy Lewis um, called me one day, asked me for a remix, and asked me about this this tune. Um, so I made a, a proper version of it. Um, I mean, Glenn was not was never in the room when it was written, but yeah, <clears throat> because Glenn was the 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 catalyst for it. I always cut him in. I cut him in like on a quarter of the publishing, so he's always Aww. been taken. He's always been taken care of in that respect. Yeah. And and the, the bald guy behind the decks in the video, that's Glenn. I, <laughs> I, I I I I didn't want to be in the video at the time. I thought it was bait. You are in the video though, aren't you? Just my eye and my finger. I mean, aren't you holding a dog, or is that the nah. album cover? Nah, no, nah, it's someone else. Some other handsome brute. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't in it. I was. I was so intent on not being, um, you know, recognised and all of that. I. I just yeah. didn't want any of that. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn. Glenn's version. That was how Neighbourhood was born. Really. I. It, you know. Wow. That happened. Redid it. Revocaled it. I mean, no, we didn't even revocal it. I just repeated the word man. So listen to the man, man, man in my neighbourhood, and then and then the, the rest is histoire. What? Where did it get in the charts? Oh, twenty-five, I think. Twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-five, something like that. I remember it being on. Telly. I was gut. I was gutted because Sid Owen from EastEnders beat us by one point. Oh, did he? He was one place above <laughs> <laughs> with his with his um. It was some fucking um, cod reggae sort of cover, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, funny. So when did you start DJing then? After very soon Lawrence after that. You? So very soon so after, after that. Neighborhood. Um, it was. Um, so it was. Um, Winter music conference in Miami in two thousand. Yeah. And that was when um, I literally had meetings. I went out there with Andy Lewis. I had my f meeting with uh, Nick from Excel. And Nick yeah. uh, basically told us that he wanted to put it out and it's going to be a single and it's looking great and the whole thing is going to go to number one and all of that. So we had a great time. I mean, that. <laughs> okay, so, so let me set the scene. 
I'm in, I'm in Miami, yeah? First time I've been... Second time or first time I've been to America. No, it would be the first time I've ever been to America. Um, and I'm out there at the Marlin Hotel um, for my first show. And I've got a bag of dub plates of really, like... Some, when I think... I've looked back at these dub plates and the, a lot of the tunes, they never did anything. Because I, I used to make tunes every day. And a lot of these things, I, I think, oh, you know, I, I just throw them onto a DAT. Hope yeah. for the best that the mastering engineers will make them sound great. And quite often they didn't. And when you play off dub play on vinyl or whatever, and you don't know how to DJ, it can sound fucking awful. Nothing's rescuing you, you know. Sounds like you're throwing pots and pans down the stairs. <laughs> Which is basically what it sounded like. So, um, and and luckily it wasn't a full club. It was like, it was really weird. It was like a DJ set up on a terrace with like harem style, you know, um, cushions and bean bags and all of that. And you'd have like a listening party at best, two or three, four yeah. people. And there was just a couple of rappers and like um, a guy called Nigel from Arakabessa Records, who um, he was my link to UB40 a little bit further down the line. He worked with them, um, run their label. Yeah. So I, I remixed the track for them. That's another story. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm out there. Um, MJ Cole, I just got to kind of know him. Um, Joel Peterson as well. Got to know him out there. J Jazz and over. Um, the Talking Loud party was the party, basically. Yeah. Of of that time. And um, Elizabeth Troy. I was out there with Martin Eichen. Um, Martin. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Martin was the engineer down at, um, in Reading, um, Basement Studios, which is where I took Sidewinder down to be distributed. So I'd met Arthur and Lance and Martin all at the same time. And I made a few records down in their studio, which is a banging studio. And the only person who could get the most out of it was Martin. So now, you know, Martin Eichen's like, uh, he's like an iconic bloody house. I beef uh, American tours and all of that. He's a house DJ. But I know him as like one of the best soulful, like jazzy keyboard Rhodes players. Of them. You know, absolutely amazing on the Moog. And um, yeah. and a you know a really great producer, but making really rugged stuff. So it's mad people's journeys, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. My biggest memory from that trip though was um, five a.m. after I think we'd just me and Andy we'd just been to see somebody else play. Oh yeah, it was Todd Edwards. Yeah, and uh, oh. we had we all had dinner at five a.m. on the beach on the South Beach. Like an Italian restaurant that had like this, um, I don't know, outside bit that looked out onto the sea. And we had chicken parmesan at about 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Drunk out of our minds, all of us like dribbling, like just remember like loads of tomato sauce on chins and like loads of just chatting shit basically. But I'd not seen Todd until I saw you the other day at 51st. No way. Yeah, so you think that's 22 years. From when we first met, yeah. Wow. Bloody hell, we're getting he's old, aren't we? Another time. He's he's another he's one, like yeah. He's he's had such a great um, a great run, but also like yeah. I'm glad that he's got his roses and his paychecks as well. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, for someone, because yeah. it doesn't always happen for 
the people that do the same sort of thing as he did, you know, the pioneers, he yeah. he did get that daft punk paycheck and he is still touring the world and I love that. Yeah. Poetic justice. Am I chat am so, I chat am I chatting? Sorry. Yeah. I'm no, not letting no, I'm not letting it. you I'm no. not letting you get a word in edgeways here, am I? No, but it's not <laughs> This is the point. You're supposed to talk. Um so what happened after Miami? Right, so Miami went home, made a pop record, um, which kind of the knee jerk response from the underground was this radio edit shit, you can't play it in a club. It's because I didn't really know about mix downs. So I'm making a radio edit of Neighbourhood. Right, yeah. For, for XL. Um, it was nothing like the vinyl that came out that sold 12,000 in two weeks on Nocturne. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sounded heavy and like was in everybody's box. Sold out, you know, pretty much within weeks. So that really kind of made me think fuck I'm not in it to be a pop star I've only put out like two or three records I'm yeah. all about the underground me and yeah, yeah. so I was getting offers to work with people like Khalees and like um, Tracy Thorne from Everything But The Girl um, yeah, yeah. and like various um, vocalists at the time that were kind of doing bits but weren't really known um, at majors I was getting all the remix work I was getting like I'd have like at any point I'd have five between five and ten on the go at the same time. Jesus Christ! I was I was yeah I was loving it, but uh, you know obviously you can't when you take all that work in and I'm an opportunist brought up on a council estate. It can all stop at any minute in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm grabbing it with yeah. both hands. Yeah, grabbing it with both hands, and I'm doing it um, morning, noon, and night. So this is where the mental illness started, really. As soon as the work started yeah. flowing in, the thought of it all collapsing and the pressure, the undue pressure that I'd put on myself to get it all done um, and the excuses I'd make to all the people around me that would have to put up with me in this mode yeah, and all the implications of that. Of that. So, yeah, it started and then I never really got it, all of that sorted. Do you know what I mean? It, it's kind of that, that kind of got worse and worse. As the music got better, and well, no, as as the music uh, started to succeed, as I was getting a better career, like things got incrementally worse. But it was interesting, quite you know, musically the results, because in this tailspin of, of panic and anxiety, I've then decided right, I want to learn every genre of music going. Like I became an absolute monk to it. Um, every, yeah. you know, like just all the subgenres of dance music and everything that we'd call like a cousin of UK garage. So like you know, grime, dubstep, even like you know, four forerunners of that: drum and bass, jungle, house, techno, and then all this post dubstep stuff. You know, like that came out of that. Uh, reinventing house music for Londoners with MCs on. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's quite, it's, it kind of, the panic threw me into this state where I kind of had to spread my bets because I had to have 10 names because if I didn't have 10 names, I could out, couldn't put out 10 records at once. And if I didn't put out 10 records at once, 
I wouldn't be doing enough because you know it's like this pure workaholic, mad pressure and all of this, and I just built wow. up. I I built up like about oh like a house of cards because obviously it all comes down eventually. But yeah, um, you know I've had like over five hundred songs released under different names and stuff like that over the years. Not all been great, but there's a lot of like points where you can tell my mental health at the time was pushed to the very edge yeah. and and there was no one sat next to me to say yeah calm down and I've, yeah. I've and like the music's gone super like avant-garde or it's gone in directions that i wouldn't have known but then later on down the line people have like come back back to me on these bits of music i said this is like some of the best things you've ever done you know like that and people that aren't like garage fans and aren't drum and bass fans and I don't know me of old have got onto these through other avenues of music so like you say whatever brings you to this point is a blessing right yeah yeah that's how I feel at the moment I'm really philosophical about it all I'm not emotional about any of my catalogue um, there's nothing I'm ashamed of there's nothing I'm over the, you know I'm, it's not like I'm sitting here thinking I'm oh, my best records are absolute bollocks you know, it's just like, it's all part of the same thing, my life. Yeah, yeah. And they're little snapshots, and some of them are really good. Like photos, in a way. You can have good photos that come out well, blurry, or, you know, some things in the wrong place, composed well. Yeah. It's, that's quite a good one, I remember that. That is a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you got recorded. <laughs> yeah well just remember where you, where you heard it first oh yeah <laughs> um, so yeah a lot of I mean you know putting out my records that, that's how I see my catalogue is like a, a photo album of a lot of different calibre stuff so there's some absolutely yeah. awful dog shit stuff in there but there's some there's some ones that I would stand by being like you know I'd, I'd be happy with people remembering me by that yeah when I'm not here anymore so that you know, in that in that way, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Don't feel I like think it's I. It's good to just put everything out. Because everything you've made, it all comes from somewhere, doesn't it? And things that you might not think are that great might be someone's favourite thing. This is very I mean? true. It's all what's the word? It's objective. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. This is true. Art is, isn't it? Like I know that I've songs that I've made. And I just think, oh my god, it's fucking terrible. But a lady that I work for, a couple of my ones that I hate the most are her favourites. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's weird how that, you know... And it is, it's a it's a journey, isn't it? And like you said, it's kind of like it is your story, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, once I kind of took the pressure off of it all having to be good and complete and whole now for me to feel okay about it, like as, yeah. as in, like, my repertoire, my... my my, my career it's all got to be everything that it can be right now at all times it's like yeah. spinning plates and like I've I've, I've realised in my 40s really that spreading myself thin like that I mean it sounds so obvious when you say it but it was preventing me expediting any one part with any thoroughness with any class you know I, 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 and I was missing out like the potential was being missed because I was basically cowboying certain elements of certain things. So spending time um, 
concentrating like a, a, an amount of time, a finite amount of time, concentrating on one thing or a couple of things instead of like 20 things. Yeah. That's been serving me really well. Um, yeah. And the again, it was, it's been through anxiety that's driven me to the state where I feel I have to do 20 things at the same time and carry yeah. carry the hopes and dreams of like dozens and dozens and dozens of artists on my shoulders. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that, you know, that was stopping me sleeping and like turning me to drink and stuff like that. You know, yeah. the, the, not not the, the people I'm talking about. I'm not about the expectations I put on myself yeah. and the pressure I put on myself and the role, almost the role I've taken um, as being... Zed bias and not be you know, forgetting about Dave essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dave's like fucking way back in the room. All right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and yeah, I once I took it back to, you know, dialed it back, and it, it's all about time and energy, really. Um, I find that I'm doing things a lot more thoroughly now and getting a lot more yeah. results off of daily things not just music yeah. you know like exercise as well and you know weight loss um just um life goals you know what i mean try not yeah. to want everything to be perfect right now and if and if it's not then just oh shit well i don't care about anything then do you, yeah do you know what i mean like yeah yeah i, su I suppose what i'm talking about is normal to 90 percent of the people listening to this you got to realise what a fucking state I was in all these yeah. years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But how long How long did that go on for? I mean, has that been kind of the majority of time? Um, the, the, anxiety, the anxiety thing, yeah. Like, handling it to various degrees, like better or worse, at whatever's going on. It depends on workload, really, and yeah. uh, the kind of relationships I've had at the time with people. Um, that has a lot to do with it because there's a, a major factor about me and my career is it's it's been collaborative a lot more than it hasn't. So yeah. um, the the process of making music has been collaborative. I've, I've brought people in. I've asked people to be part of stuff. I've initiated so many um, collaborative projects. And yeah. Uh, and being sort of the person who's taken the responsibility of getting them all finished um, and yeah. been like, you know. So that, that in a way, has been how I've formed so many, like, dozens of lifelong friendships and bonds. And, you know, it's it's been, like, entwined with my life. It's not been really much separation. Um, yeah. So a lot of my friends of old and of new... I've come through either directly through making music with them, like they'll be yeah. the person collaborating with, or it'll be someone I've met on the path through that, through knowing these people. So, and, and you know, that's, that's as it should be. You know, we make friends. Yeah. You know, you don't go out and choose what kind of friend you have. You kind of just become friends, do you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's lovely that you yeah. have had so many nice experiences. Oh, you know, people. I am blessed yeah. with friends. I really am. I've not always, you know, been um, compassmentous enough to appreciate it at the time. A lot. I feel like a lot of um, relationships that I kind of let down over the years, I've gone back and I've tried to make reparations there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? That was part of me becoming better. What's next for you? Well, not about age is depressing. Age is nothing but a number. Age so, is nothing but a number. That's very true. Yeah. So I've had, you know what you were saying about it's good to release everything? And yeah. I kind of, inside, my stomach turned, yeah, because like I've had so much deliberation and kind of turmoil over this over the years releasing yeah. and letting go and it's got progressively worse over the years because you feel I suppose a lot of older I say older you know kind of 10 years in the game plus artists yeah. and, and producers would, would relate to this but you kind of I don't know you've got to put your best foot forward and you know, all times yeah Every few years, I've had to like reinvent a little bit, and yeah. just to stay abreast of things. And it's my endless curiosity with genres. I absolutely love a genre. I love a subgenre. I love mixing yeah. a few genres together. It's sort of what keeps me keeps uh, the interest there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been having a few experiments recently, and I've been loving the house vibes. Like I've been, yeah. I've been really getting it. And after a recent trip to Ibiza, I can confirm, I love a bit of house music. It's a bit of me. It's, it's Amy. It's a bit of me. Like, no, this is good because I have a bit of a funny relationship with house, but I know that I'll like what you make, so I appreciate that. Well, it's kind of it, it. It's very much in my nature to kind of put a bit of garage ish, like a little teeny tinge in there somewhere in the sonics probably in the bottom yeah. end in the bottom end yeah. a little bit so that that's been quite good um i've been revisiting old songs and new songs yeah. and, and kind of reimagining them in a house way yeah that's been really nice um and um i've been working with a few different people um getting a garage project together there's a lot. There's there's a lot of. It's been all hands on board. Like to get this, I think there's 14 tracks and 26 collaborators. Wow. Yeah. Um, people like Inja, um, Mighty Mo from Heartless Crew, um, Children of Zeus. Um, yeah. And from Manny Chunky, uh, Prima, Slay, who's doing very well at the moment. Um, I mean, loads. Oslam from Germany. I recorded a song with Oslam, which is on this project. I found yeah. it on a lost dat tape um, from 2000, recorded in UB40 studio. Oh, wow. Yeah, another garage story. I've got all the garage stories. <laughs> Tune in next week for another garage story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got garage and we've got house. Um but funny enough, the only releases I've had this year, I've had in the last 12 months, maybe two or three, um, drum and bass, you know, like faster things. Yeah. Um, which I really love as well. I've got a real like love for that kind of 160 to 174 BPM range. I feel, I feel like it's great for dancing. It's um, yeah. sonically some of the best produced stuff in existence. Like some yeah. of these producers, um, Dub Physics, who's got a studio here with me, he's he's an absolute G. Um, Skeptical. I've got a track, a garage track on this project that I've produced with Skeptical. 
So I've got one of one of like my my I don't know my my D and B heroes, current heroes, on a garage yeah. thing with me, and it's you know oh, it is you know I'm gonna send it to you. Um, send it to me. I'm gonna send it to you on. I've got a SoundCloud link. I'm gonna send it. I know, you'll, I know you'll give me the real, the realness. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. I think, do you think that that's what's kept you going, being so diverse? Because I think you have to keep changing what you do and adapting. And, and yeah. But it's got to be a genuine, like yeah. you are genuinely, you love it, don't you? You love it all, it's, which is brilliant. Yeah. But I think that that does help to kind of keep you relevant and keep you... I think it's three, you know I mean? th- it's three things, main things. Like you could divide it into three things. It's like stubbornness, cross like with tenacity, but stubborn is stubbornness. Yeah. I won't stop. So um, ideas, I'm always getting ideas. Um, when they stop, I mean, it's like what else have you got as a producer or an artist? Like you've got to have ideas. Things, yeah. things to develop and work on. I couldn't just sit here with equipment every day, switch it on, and go through the motions of just like, oh, go through some snare drums and like I'll create some samples today. <laughs> no, when I'm in the driver's seat, I'm one. I'm like strapped in and I'm driving fast. I'm like, I wanna, I wanna get a banger. This, yeah. this is it. I'm still a contender. Do you know you what I mean? I'm 40, well. 40, 48 and I've never felt more like a contender in my life i've actually yeah. i was ill for quite a bit i don't know I probably I've, I've not really told you but i had um some stomach problems i had um pancreatitis and um a oh, gall, shit. infectious gall, gallbladder in february i had i had it all out so oh, i had shit. i had that for a couple of years yeah and um and yeah just like some, some life things that kind of put me off my stride a little bit and obviously lockdown yeah. that wasn't the best but since all that's cleared up, I am bouncing around like a young man now. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, it could have come at a better time. All the ideas, all like my, yeah. new, my new blueprint that I'm trying out, a couple of blueprints I'm trying out, um, coinciding with getting some really nice bookings. My my agent Lauren um, at Earth. If any of you know Lauren, I'm sure a lot of people do already know Lauren. She's an absolute belting agent. Um, but she's also like become a good mate over the time. Aww. You know, it's only like a few, yeah, four years maybe. We've been working yeah. together, um, but yeah, we've got each other's backs. And um, you know, nice. a- agents that rave together in Ibiza stay together. You know. Yeah. <laughs> less said, you. less said about that the better. But and we yeah. went, we went on a field trip. I was like, I've got to hear some of this house music up front, up and big. So we went yeah. out, we we had a couple of um, excursions, uh, one to Pikes and one... Oh, I love Pikes. Oh, Harvey, love Harvey, Harvey playing at Pikes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing in Freddie's bedroom. Um, I, 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 I know, I know what, what I yeah. want to do. Yeah, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah, to do yeah. a podcast. He's, that is my dream, is to go when he's there. He's like iconic he now. He's another, he, I he's put him there. in the same bracket as Harvey now. Like he's yeah, yeah. he's done so much for that um, that's that scene that side of the scene yeah. Um, yeah and to see like his personality come out over the years because when yeah. I met him he was a, he was um, a Cockney van driver from um, Essential Vinyl with with Sarah yeah. working at, with Sarah so yeah. like you know we we've all had a journey we've all we are who we are now 
We've, uh, you know, yeah. it, that's the nature of life, isn't it? You you grow, you change, and all that. But it's yeah. it's great to see like people completely come out of their shell and and don it up. Like he's a don, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's a don. Yeah. So. As are you? Ah, uh, we're all out here just doing it the same. You know, we. Uh, I, I would never ever <laughs> think of myself like that. Come on. Dave's Dave's over here right now. Dave's Dave's in, not Zed. Um, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, so Zed, where did the Zed come from? Oh, I went through the alphabet for a prefix. Yeah, like <laughs> literally A A bias, B bias, C bias. You get where I'm going with this. Seriously, I, I ran I ran did out you? of letters. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. It's a cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just made oh. up something about genetics by now or just some super strain. No, no, you know. no. It would have been way cooler. The best. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's oh. been really, really lovely. And I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to come and see you. Please do. Um, honestly, I don't usually swear this much on these sorts of things. Um, and if oh, I've offended, I've, if, if I've offended any of the listeners by swearing too much, I'm sorry. I've, I've got like a mini case of Tourette's from when I was a chef years ago. I've never quite lost it. Did you used to be a chef? I was a chef. Look, this is when you come up, Amy, right? I'm cooking for you, right? There's a little kitchen in this studio, right? When you come to the studio, I can knock up a banging scram. But honestly, I was, I was a chef. But yeah, you make sure like, you know, you've got gym a few days after because you're going to need to burn this yeah. one off. <laughs> Proper. I'm um, very excited. Yeah, please, please do. I'm going to send you some music. Sorry if I've yes. not really been like asking you much. I don't know how this works really. I've just been that's yeah, no, it's that. not. It's just me asking you. All right, well that's all I mean, right. I, then. Job yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm so yes, that was the amazing. So that's so funny how we got his name as well. I didn't. I mean, he probably has told me before, but I'd completely forgotten. But I love that we just went through the alphabet. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Big up. I loved that. And it is, it, it's lovely when you see someone who does change their life for the better and it was all off his own back and yeah, he's done amazing. So I hope you find that as inspiring as I did and what a legend and I love the stories. I love all the stories. But yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. If this is your first time listening, then thank you. Check out my other episodes. I've spoken to loads of other amazing people. And I've just been recording today, actually, um, with the amazing Joanna Fortune, who's a child psychologist who I love. I think this is my fifth podcast with her, maybe. Um, but we were saying about how much how everyone's got a book in them everyone's got a story and that's why i love doing this podcast because everyone has a story in them so if you have a story in you and you would like to share it with me then get in touch or if you have anyone that you think would be good tell me and i'll annoy them to when i come on but yeah thank you for listening please subscribe to the podcast please share the podcast big up stay safe and sane and i'll see you next week bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.